Hey everyone, thank you for downloading and listening to this edition of Flicks and Football. As always, I am your host, Tony Farinella. Today is Wednesday, December 12th. As you all know, on Wednesdays, I focus on Flicks on the Flicks and Football podcast. Today, I will be reviewing a film I recently had the pleasure of watching on Blu-ray called The Happy Time Murders, and I'll also be giving a review of a book I read called The Disaster Artist, which was also a film last year in 2017, directed by James Franco, uh, based on the film The Room, directed by Tommy Wiseau, the great Tommy Wiseau. However, for today's podcast, it's going to be a little bit on the short side, so I apologize for that. The reason being, as I've explained, is I'm using the free version of Podbean, which allows me five hours of content per month. And I have a half hour left, so I want to get in some time for this podcast, and I want to have some room for Friday's podcast, December 14th, when I preview the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. So this one will be a little bit on the shorter side. Once I figure out how to best utilize my five hours per month, I'll make sure that everything is in order and running smoothly, but so far, I've tried to deliver a podcast when I've promised. There's only been one time where one podcast was, was a day late, but I want to stick with this. I'm going to stick with it, and hopefully it grows and grows with time. Anyways, enough small talk. Let me get into my review of The Happy Time Murders, which was directed by Brian Henson. He, of course, is the son of the late, great Jim Henson. And he has some experience in the director's chair. He directed uh, Muppet Treasure Island and The Muppet Christmas Carol. The Happy Time Murders, on the other hand, is in a league all of its own. It is a hard R-rated puppet movie. Looking here on Wikipedia, the budget for the film was 40 to $47 million. At the box office, it made 27.5. So... It was a bit of a flop financially, did not do well with the critics. I guess the film probably couldn't find its audience because it's, it's not for children, and I would imagine maybe some adults didn't want to see a film where puppets and humans are interacting with one another in the same world. The film follows Phil Phillips, who, who was the first ever puppet for the Los Angeles Police Department. He lost his job when he accidentally shot a puppet, which also caused his uh, partner, Connie Edwards, played by Melissa McCarthy, to get injured, and she was given a liver of a puppet. So yeah, as I, as I said, this film's very out there, very unique, and very, very peculiar. Um, it's grotesque, it's gross, it's, it's disgusting, it's juvenile. Some of the humor is... Uh, what you would expect out of an 8th grader. However, I have to say, despite all the, all these misgivings, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's not a film I, I, I would ever purchase or own, but for 91 minutes and as a one-time view with, with actors like um, Melissa McCarthy, as I mentioned, Maya Rudolph, Joel McHale, Elizabeth Banks, uh, Stanley from The Office, I just went with it. So, 
your enjoyment of the Happy Time Murders is going to be how much of this film are you willing to go with it? Are you willing to go with it, or is it just too far out there and too silly and you think it's stupid? Um, going back to Phil Phillips and um, his partner Connie Edwards, played by Melissa McCarthy, they're trying to find out why the Happy Time Gang, which was a popular puppet sitcom back in the day, why all the cast members are being killed off. The show is nearing syndication, and as we all know with a popular television sh show, syndication creates a lot of money for people. I, I read one time that uh, David, Sh David Schwimmer makes, or actually the entire cast of Friends makes a lot of money from syndication off Friends. Same for Seinfeld. So, Melissa McCarthy and Phil Phillips need to find out why the Happy Time Gang is, is being killed off before the show goes into syndication. Someone trying to get the money. What's their motive? So, even though Phil is no longer a police officer, he's working undercover, he still needs the help of um, Melissa McCarthy to figure out what's going on. There's some sex gags, some really juvenile jokes, as I mentioned, but I enjoyed myself. So, I'm going to give this one a C+. It's a red box rental, but still worth checking out if you're like me and you enjoy a silly 91-minute movie involving puppets and humans, which, hey, don't judge me. We all like different kinds of films, and it, it was just different. And in an age where a lot of films are being done that we've seen before, I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a film like The Happy Time Murders, so a C-plus for The Happy Time Murders. Now, this is a little bit different, but I'm going to review a book that I just finished last night. It is called The Disaster Artist, and it is written by Greg Cicero, who you all right, might remember from The Room as Mark. And he wrote this book along with, let me pull up the author's name, Tom Bissell. And it, it takes, it's called The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, The Greatest Bad Movie Ever Made. And of course, this was also turned into a film starring James Franco, Dave Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, Josh Hutcherson, a lot of, uh, uh, Brian Cranston made a cameo in it. A lot of uh, heavy hitters were involved in this film. And this takes you inside what Greg had to deal with when it came to the mysterious, the unique, the one-of-a-kind Tommy Wiseau. And there isn't anyone out there in the world quite like Tommy Wiseau, and that's a good thing. That's what makes him unique. And the book is 268 pages. I read it in under a week. It's so entertaining, yet so preposterous to see what Greg had to put up with. And if James Franco did not have the scandal that came out after The Disaster Artist was released last December 2017, he probably would have won uh, Best Actor at the Oscars. As it, as it turns out, he wasn't even nominated. The film was only nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, he did win the Golden Globe, 
but after that, a lot of controversy came out about Franco and some of his on-set antics, antics on other films, and people called him hypocrite for wearing a Time's Up pin, considering people have accused him of some sexual misconduct. Franco has kind of gone into hiding ever since then, and which I really think this was the film that was going to launch him into getting an Oscar win. He did win the Golden Globe, as I said, but he did not win an Oscar. Um, but highly recommended. I picked up the book for nine bucks on Amazon. I don't often pick up books unless they're on the Green Bay Packers, but this was a book that I just had to read, especially after seeing the film four times. He breaks it down into the times he met Tommy before the disaster artist. He breaks down some scenes that were filmed in The Disaster Artist and how Tommy had to keep doing take after take and how certain times Tommy would be super cheap, other times he'd spend a lot of money and all the mystery surrounding Tommy. He answers some of the questions you know, about Tommy Wiseau, but some of them are probably best remained a mystery. However, I really enjoyed this book, had a lot of fun with it laughed quite a bit and had to reread some stuff just because I couldn't believe it was true but after I learned more about Tommy through the book I do believe it is true and Greg's a great writer he's got a great sense of humor and it really shows off here to people who just loved movies and loved Hollywood and their unlikely and unique friendship so I give The Disaster Artist as a book in A, and the disaster artist as a movie in A. So read the book, see the movie. The book gives more details. I'm not going to compare the two because they're two separate mediums, but if you want a little bit more detail and things to be fleshed out for you a little bit more, definitely read the disaster artist, the book, and see the movie. Do both. A for both of those. C plus for the Happy Time Murders. I'll be back Friday, December 14th, breaking down the longest rivalry in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Until then, thanks for listening and thanks for downloading, and I'll talk to you on Friday. And that's all for now. Bye-bye.